0: Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. All right, there you go. Made you do it twice. I promise you I won't preach twice or take an offering twice. (laughs) Just greet each other twice. Hey, did you have a good week? Yeah? It's great to be with you, great to see you, I love you. Falling more in love with you. Uh, God's doing some great things. It's just so much fun. I love Nathan. Let's give Nathan a hand. He did a great job right then. I love Nathan. (laughs) This guy is brilliant. He's awesome. Incredible, incredible, Nathan and Rachel. Um, Hey, also, didn't you guys think the band was awesome? Aren't they great? Don't they do a great job? Let's give them a hand. They're amazing. Uh, And then there's just one more. I wanna give a hand like, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we've got a bunch of people that show up here every morning when it's still dark to get all this set up on the Dream Team. Can you give the Dream Team a big hand for setting all this up? Very cool. They stick around and we eat pizza and talk about fantasy football till three, tearing down, and it's great. And so I'm just so grateful for them. And um, it's just really, really fun having the time of our lives. And so I also just want to tell you as well, today we have Next Steps 3 and 4. Last week was awesome. Um, many of you guys came and there's two things that happen, one, in step three, uh, you discover spiritual gifts, take a test, uh, personality tests, spiritual gift tests, and I love to say like a broken record, I don't think that tests are what help you discover it, it's the Holy Spirit that gives you those gifts, and, and we're, just, we're just trying to help you un- uncover it, discover it, and so if you wanna be a part of that today, we have lunch for you it'll help you discover your gifts and then if you want to you can you don't have to but if you want to jump on a team um it's a great way of being fulfilled I've told you this before but I'm one of one of the most fun things for me is my son Dawson uh last week he said dad I'm having the time of my life I love Sundays I love Sundays like I've never loved Sundays and uh I said oh it's because you get to hear me preach every Sunday right no I didn't say that I said, what makes you love Sundays? And he said, dad, pro-presenter. <laughs> I said, what's that? Uh, he, said, he said, I just love that I get, to, I get to help kids worship every single week. And I just love that because deep down what he's saying is, man, I, I just I love making a difference. And so um, I believe each one of us are called to make a difference somehow. And so Nathan even presented it where he said that we're um, starting small groups in January. The reason why we're waiting until January it's because we really want to do this right. We really want to launch well with small groups, uh, I believe, for decades to come. Uh, we're going to do small groups, and I hope to do it really, really well, where people uh, really get discipled through the small group structure and the process where you, can, where you can really be known and as well as talk through your good days and your hard days. And we'll have some small groups that are, you know, like people that are early on in their journey with Jesus, and we'll have others where it's deep, it's theological. I mean, you're like breaking down expository sermons in the book of Romans or something. Um, you can, but we wanna have everything, we wanna have all kinds of small groups. And so if, you're, if you feel called, if you're a leader or you wanna be a leader and God's calls you, I wanna encourage you to connect with Nathan really today or uh, over the next couple months as we uh, develop, develop that group of leaders. I know this kind of sounds like a lot, but I'm just praying, I'm just asking God for 25 small groups that get started in January. I know that that sounds like a lot, and it probably is a lot, but I'm just believing for that. Um, So far with Radiant, God has exceeded my expectations every single time, and so who knows what God might do. Uh, But if you're interested in being a leader, we'd love to connect with you. So uh, join us today, step three and four, uh, if you wanna get plugged in. Uh, We'll have lunch for you at one o'clock, all right? So let's let's take a few moments. We're in this series called Worthy and Pray Together. Uh, I want us to pray, and then we're gonna continue. Last week, we talked about worthy of our worship, and this week, we're gonna talk about worthy of obedience. And it's this idea that we're just saying like a broken record, and that is this. God is worthy. As our view of God expands, as we have a high view of God, a thousand lesser sins or a thousand lesser problems seem to go away when we have this awe of God and so convictions lead emotions follow and so we want to have this conviction I worship because he's worthy I obey because he's worthy and I go through good days where I feel like worshiping and I go through days where it's hard I go through days where I feel like being obedient I go through days where it's challenging but I worship because of who he is I obey because of who he is so we're going to unpack that a little bit more today let's pray father we love you and we thank you for what you're doing we thank you for the radiant miracle We thank you for this city, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be your people. And we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would help us to really live as disciples of Jesus. God, we just confess, Lord, every single week we're in a spiritual battle and it's our temptation to live for ourselves and become like the culture instead of invading the culture with the good news of the gospel. But we ask that you would help us, Lord Jesus. Let the word of God, grow in us let us love it let us become more and more like jesus we love you and we honor you and all of Radiant said amen, amen. so uh my dad tells a story my dad is actually going to be here next week i'm very excited about that my mom and dad are coming they're going to be here for week seven of radiant and so i've been looking forward to that day so when they are here next week uh i'll probably have them stand and introduce them but they'll be here but my dad uh, as a pastor he he always told this story about what it was like to raise triplets and uh Then when he would come home, he would often give us a command, tell us something to do and how he had different responses in terms of how each one of his three triplets responded to him. And so he'd give the command And then there'd be three different responses. So yeah, David, Dana, and Deborah. So if you don't know, those of you that have been here every week, you're gonna just get used to these stories. This is part of what it is. You're gonna hear this often, but I grew up as as a triplet. And so my dad would tell the story, David, Dana, Deborah. And he would say, he would come home and he would say, guys, go clean your room. And the personality types of all three different kids was very, very, very different. Because Dana, who they called her Angel, like you can get kind of what they thought of her. She was Dana Angel. And she was, uh, I don't think she was born with a sin nature, but uh, in fact, I'm pretty confident she's never sinned. But no, that's heresy. I'm kidding. Don't, let's take that out. Um, but Dana was perfect. Like Deborah and I always, you know, got in more trouble. Dana was perfect. And, and so Dana would look at my dad and, and she would begin to cry. She was, just like sad, like, "Oh, the possibility that I had possibly hurt Dad, or I had possibly been disobedient, I could possibly not already have my room clean." And so she'd look back at Dad and she would go up to her room and she'd say, "Yes, Dad," and she'd cried, she'd go clean her room. And then there was a response of Deborah. Deborah's got a little more fiery personality. And Deborah would look back at my dad and want to fight and be like, <laughs> fine and then Deborah would go clean her room and then there was the response of his son in whom he loves <laughs> with whom my father was well pleased and his son David would look back at his dad and say dad I'd be happy to and then never clean his room <laughs> And I grew up hearing that story, like it seemed like every other Sunday. I mean, I, but, but, but I say that because I think for you and I, we get the command and I know that for each one of us, this idea of being obedient, it's such a simple concept. I mean, even to talk about obedience, it's so easy in the sense that in terms of knowledge, we can think, I know what it means to obey. I don't even need that to be unpacked. The question with obedience though, the challenge with obedience is not necessarily what we know, but what we do. Do we obey? And so even though you might be a mature Christian, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe you're a new believer, maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, but a part of following Jesus, a part of Christianity is not just saying things with our lips, not just singing songs on Sunday, but the real challenge and the real question of authentic Christianity gets down to, do we put feet to our words? Do we actually obey? Not do we know it, because we can look back at Dad and say, yeah, I'd be happy to, and on Sundays be like, your presence, Lord, and sing it, and believe it. Adia Betozer says, Christians don't tell lies, they sing them. <laughs> And it's our temptation to sing it, to say it. But the real challenge is, will we live it? Will we do it? Will we be obedient? Like, will we put actions to it? And I know for me, maybe at five years old with my dad and now as an adult, to do the same thing with my heavenly father. Yeah, I'll be happy to God. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll apply your word. I'll be obedient in the service moment or in the God time where you're praying and you're alone with Jesus, then the question is for you and for me is, will we obey on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Will we take what God's told us to do through the written word, through the Holy Spirit speaking to us and activate it and be obedient to what he says? Activating the word that you know to be true. The question is not, do you know it? We know stuff. I mean, imagine if you and I were obedient to all we know. I mean one of the things that we have in 21st century Christianity in America is a whole lot of knowledge. I mean whether you're talking Bible programs, Google itself, watching sermons on YouTube, I mean thousands and thousands of books and podcasts. I mean the amount of information, Christian information, biblical information, application information, discipleship information, small group, I mean it, it the knowledge is through the roof. There's so much. The question is not what we know, but what do we do? And so my prayer for us as a church today is that we would realign our choices with our conviction that I am going to obey because Jesus is worth obeying. Like not necessarily for the rewards of obedience. And man, there's a whole lot there. Like we could go through the text and we could find all kinds of rewards for obedience. There's blessing for obedience. There is God's favor because of obedience. I mean, we could take the idea of, hey, there's a lot that I get if I'm obedient and things that I do not get if I'm not. But I'm talking about such a high view of God where it's actually the desire of our heart to say, I want to obey. And not just have the language of Christian culture but have the action of Christianity. Have the action of you and Jesus really listening, hearing his voice, studying the scripture, knowing it and being obedient. And in that process, growing in adoration, growing in love for God, experiencing God as you just obey him. As it's just a part of who we are. It's what you dream about. And I think that sometimes it's easy for us. It's easy for me. I've been in church my whole life. So I grew up as a church kid, I was, went, when I went into college, I mean, I, I went straight into ministry at 18. I, I, I mean, my, my whole life, I, I've been at church almost every single Sunday of my entire life. So in that kind of, it's easy for me to know church culture. It's easy for me to do the church thing. I, I know songs, I know, I know sermons. I, I mean, I, I don't, I just know church now. I kind of know what church used to be like in the 80s and 90s, and, 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 and so I know church. And sometimes it's easy for us because we do church stuff to mistake it as being obedient to Christ. But I want you just to kind of take that mask off for just a minute and think about what the Holy Spirit is actually inviting and calling you to do with your journey, what the word of God resonates in your heart when you read it, what, what Jesus is saying. And when you just take this, and you just try to apply this, not what you see others doing, but when you just read Jesus, what he's inviting you, calling you to do. Not just the rhythms, not just the, but actually what's the extravagant, what's the obedient, because God's got some extravagant, obedient thing for your life. There is some, you were made to be wholehearted. You don't work right when you're just kind of giving God 98%. That last 2% is where there is a whole lot of life. When you say, God, I'll give you everything but, (laughs) but this, but my Friday nights, but what I watch on TV, I'll give you everything but my bitterness towards my parents. When you stop just short, there's a whole lot missing. When you give just that last little bit, he goes, all right. That's, that's my boy. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for hundred percent. And the church culture thing. I mean, imagine, let's take that same story. Now let's do a hypothetical with my kids. Imagine if I came home and I've got four kids, Dawson, Olivia, Adeline, and Justice. They're 12, 10, nine, and six. And imagine, this is not true. This is just hypothetical. This is taking my dad's story and making it, pretending it's mine. Let's say I walk in the door, say, hey guys, I want all four of you to go clean your room. Imagine my joy if I come back four hours later to no rooms clean. But hear this response, line up my kids. Guys, let's talk. Line them up Von Trapp style. There they are, Dawson, Olivia, Adeline and Justice. What's the deal? No clean rooms. Dawson steps forward, dad. (laughs) I know my room's not clean, (laughs) but I memorized what you said, dad. said Dawson go clean your room and I've got a three-point expository message on what a clean room should look like (laughs) Olivia daddy I know my room's not clean dad but I wrote a song she plays the guitar I wrote a song about what you said dad clean your room clean your room daddy says clean your room (laughs) Adeline nine daddy I know I didn't clean my room but I have three other nine-year-old girls coming over to my house today for a tea party and we're gonna have a small group about what a clean room really looks like. (laughs) Justice, hey dad, no clean room, but guess what? I put a picture of you on my wall. It says, go therefore to your room and clean it. (laughs) Dad. Imagine my delight over my four children in that moment. What? I'm not asking you to write the message, sing the song. I'm asking you to obey, right? I wanted the clean room. And I think for all of us, sometimes it's easy for us. It's easy for me, it's easy for you, it's easy for us to just get into kind of our mode and we're not listening to the very essence of what's what's obedience, what's the extravagant thing that God's calling you to do. Because following Jesus is not just an easy routine that helps our lives be, be better. Following Jesus is radical, it's dynamic, there's miracles ahead for us, there's opportunities for us to risk things where we see God move, and when we're seeing your presence, Lord, that is real. That's not like, hey, I'm just gonna live almost like as if God doesn't exist except for on Sundays, but in a daily relationship where I've got his presence and he's speaking to me and he's calling me to things and I'm stepping out of the boat and taking that risk and then I'm experiencing his presence and then he's calling me to more. And it's this real dialogue, this real relationship where, man, obedience is not drudgery, but obedience is delight. Where it's like, not how little can I do, but how much, how obedient can I possibly be? And so for us, man, obedience starts with action. It's, it's actually doing something. It's it's There's something that God's calling you to do in the scriptures, in his voice. And today I just want to talk about, because of who he is, what if we just said, yes, like burn the ships, not going back, but God, whatever is the specific thing you've called me to with obedience, I'm gonna do it. Taking that risk when you hear his voice. So obedience, look at this. There's, I, want you to just, I just wanna juxtapose two different stories where you've got two different wealthy men that come to Jesus. One activates and the other doesn't. Look at this. Mark 10 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. This is a guy with great emotion. Right? This is the story of the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and he is sincere. I mean, he ran up to him. He didn't casually walk up. He's not dignified. And fell on his knees before him. Look at look at the I mean, there is intent to follow. There is up front, I mean, this is the guy who's energetic on the front row, doing jumping jacks. Your presence, I mean, this is not stoic. This is an, yes, I'm all in kind of guy. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother, teacher. He declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that. One thing you lack, he asked. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around at his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, look at that story. Now look at the response of another rich man, all right? Luke 19, this is Zacchaeus. If, uh, Jesus in, uh, verse one, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He He had gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So look at these two different responses, both wealthy, one man possessing energy to see Jesus, another wealthy man possessing one falling on his knees, another climbing a tree to see him, both of them eager to meet, see Jesus. And Jesus, I love the phrase when it says that he loved the rich young ruler. He he, he loved him. He saw that, and yet Jesus could see also this man loved something more. And when you look at Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus not only climbed the tree and ran to Jesus, but then Zacchaeus had a quick, I'll obey, what do I gotta do? I'll give away to the poor, up to four times what I took. I'll give, I'll give. And one said yes, one was quick to activate obedience while the other hesitated. And the rich young ruler walked away sad. Here's the deal, every week we gather together, we proclaim Jesus is awesome. Day after day, you get alone with Jesus and Jesus is inviting you to follow him. And our prayer is that we would not walk away sad. That the call to follow, to be obedient to God would not be something that we say, you know what, you've gone too far. That's a little too much. There is no such thing as too much. All, I wanna obey God, I wanna activate. And so our prayer is that we would be quick to obey. Like most of you parents, like me, if I ask my kids to do something, which happens frequently and they don't do it, which happens frequently and then they say, I was going to, (laughs) how much delight do you have? No, in fact, around our house, I'll sometimes look at them and say, hey, slow obedience is no obedience, activate it now. And I think for us, sometimes we look at the Lord and we go, oh, you know what God, I'll obey that when I get around to it. I'll obey the scriptures another day James one twenty two says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, do what it says. So imagine if at Radiant Church, if we started to be obedient as a body and we started to activate the word of God, the Holy Spirit promptings. And so the Lord says, I want you to, I want you to adopt, whew, that's a big commitment. You be obedient. I want you to fast, whew, that's a big commitment. I want you to fast. I want you to pray, whoo, really? What? And as you read the scriptures, you're just quick. How can I activate? Not God, how can I do Sunday morning, cultural Christianity, but authentic, real. How can I activate every prophetic whisper? And they ask this question, God, what are you asking of me today? And then step out of that boat, take that risk and watch God do great things. Motive, he's worth following. He's worth obeying. And then what's the tie on? You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked how much God delights in his presence, showering you with his presence, giving you opportunity, and you watching God do great things. In my own journey, the greatest enjoyment in my life seeing God's activity was a result of activating obedience that seemed risky and scary. In my own journey, every time where I've seen God, I mean, I just look back at my journey in following Jesus over the years and the most rewarding where I experienced him, where he caught me or where you walked on water was when you were willing to say, I'll obey what seems crazy in the culture and he's saying, "Okay, I am your Lord. I am God." All right? Love sustains obedience. Here's the idea. We activate it, and how do we stay steady for decades, growing in love for God? Jesus said this, you know it well, "If you love me, you will ob- if you love me, keep my commandments." I like the way that it says in the message, "If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you." Which is just so simple. Just show it, just demonstrate it. Just, Jesus was saying, hey, if you love me, a, a demonstration is obey, be obedient. And it's not a mean God looking at us in rage and anger saying, if you love me, prove it. No, when there's real, real relationship, it's just a demonstration. It's, if you love me, just, just do what I said, like a good father. Just like Jesus is obedient to death on the cross. Just like Jesus loved his father, he's the example. And so you have a God that loves you and obedience is a relational God that you desire to obey. I had a good friend when I was in high school that uh, was a pastor's son. I was a pastor's son and both of us responded extremely differently to our fathers. And so he and I were like best of friends and uh, had in common that our dads were pastors. And I remember just hanging out with him. I'd stay the night at his house and I watched how his relationship with his dad was so different because there wasn't the, the, the close friendship. It was just a little more authoritarian. And then my dad, he was relational. My dad was like really close and he'd ask me questions and there was, we, we were friends and, and I, could, I could feel love in a way that was real and relational. And so the way that it played out was for him to obey was just to prove that he would be a good son. For me to obey was just, I liked my dad and I trusted that his ways were better than my 16 year old high school braces, mullet mind thinking Oklahoma ways. And I just knew that my smart, God-fearing, loving dad probably knew a little bit more than I did. But it was relational. You have a father that's relational. He's not looking down, trying to crush you, just use his authority, he does have all authority and he is all sovereign, but he is also love. And he looks at you and when he says, if you love me, obey me, it's, it's a demonstration that of course, a demonstration of love is I'll obey. When Paul is being obedient to take the gospel to the Gentile world, he uses the language of love as his obedience. He says this, he goes, if we're out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. (laughs) Like, what you're doing, your level of following Jesus looks like you're crazy. He's being whipped, beaten with rods, and people will look at you and say, what is up with you? And he says, if we are out of our mind, if people think that we are nuts, it's for God. If we are in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels me. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. He says, here's the compelling fact that pushes me forward. And friends, as we, are we there? As we obey, that, this is what sustains. This, the love of God fuels us. Stay obedient year after year. It's relational. It's just this. He's, he's a relational God compels me. His love is real. I want it. And Jesus, Jesus sets the example. In Philippians 2, it says that Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross. So when you think about obedience, we actually serve a God that he became obedient. And Jesus even submitted to his father, and Jesus goes to a cross in a scenario that was not even something easy that he wanted, no, the cross, hard, challenging. And as you obey and as I obey, love will compel us and it will be hard. There's days where the Lord will look at you and he'll say, all right, I wanna call you. It's for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of him expanding and he'll call you to something that might not be easy. But we didn't choose to follow Jesus to get the easy life. We chose to follow Jesus to get the Jesus life, right? Like whatever you say, And you remember the story in Matthew 26, 39, where Jesus looks at his father. He's about to embrace the cross. He says, going a little farther, he fell with his face on the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, obedient to death on the cross. We see a window into his heart upon going to the cross, not just strutting. And this is, you know, because I'm following my father, it's, It's all good and smiles, but sweating blood and agony, knowing the physical pain that he's about to endure. And he says, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. And friends, I think you and I face, I think we face days where we're going, God is there another way? And we think, oh, you know, I'm American. Like there's gotta be another way, my way. There's gotta be a way that this can work where I get comfort and Christianity. Like, surely there's another way. And you do have a father that goes, my way or your way? Ah! But if I go your way, I don't have comfort. Right. Oh! But I live for comfort. That's the problem. <sighs> but what we see in Jesus is this. I'm dead to me. Alive to you. Not my way, but your way. Your will be done. And he's our example. You have a God that has already set the example in terms of obedience. And so it is our thrill, our opportunity to just like Jesus say, okay, not my will, but yours be done. But America says, or the culture in general, narcissism says, materialism says, dream your dream, baby. Your way is the best way. Your will be done. You figure it out. Man, you've got something inside of you. It's all about you. And the, the actual process of living as Christ followers in our age is challenging because it is constantly coming back and saying, all right, not my way, but yours be done. Not me, but you. And so obedience, man, obedience, it's a thrill, but it's hard. And it's moments of saying, all right, you're worth You're worth it, Jesus. Not just to get the good life, not just to get the blessings and we love the blessings, but because of who you are, I'll obey. Because I have this grand view, this great view of how great you are, I'll obey. The third point I wanna hit on in your obedience journey is this. Obedience requires faith. Because faith ultimately says, I cannot see the future. I cannot see where this is going. And what I wanted to be is I want to be the dictator of what my destiny looks like. I want to say where this is gonna go. And when God calls you to obey the biblical narratives all throughout the scripture, and when we look through church history, and when you look at people living today who are following Jesus, it's never all just laid out. It's constantly like stepping out and trusting him and you don't know where it's going and it takes faith. But God, if I obey, I don't know what my future's going to be because I, I want to plan it. I want to like form it myself. And he goes, that's the problem. If I'm God, I've got something better for you. I want you to trust me. Whew. But if I trust you, I'm not in control. Exactly. And a part of obedience is almost always faith and it almost always seems crazy. When Jesus looks at the disciples, 5,000 people, they're hungry. He says, You give them something to eat. You can imagine, they go, What? This is weird. You, we go give them something to eat. He goes, Yeah, you go give them something to eat. And Jesus requires step out. What do we do? I guess Jesus is going to just have to do a miracle because we're going to form them in groups. And I don't know how this is going to look. We're just going to start pretending we got food. It's not pretending, it's just this. Jesus said, do it. I don't know how this is gonna work out. You want us to pay the taxes? Yeah, yeah, go, tell you what, go fishing and in the fish's mouth, you're gonna get a coin and take that coin out of the fish's mouth and go pay the taxes. What? Are you kidding me? That's so weird. You want me to do what? It's gonna take some faith. Where where are you going? I'm, I'm I'm going fishing for money. You gonna sell the fish? No, there's gonna be money in the fish. Like, (laughs) weird. That's our story. I mean, it's just, it's gonna be your story. It's gonna be your story where people are gonna look at you like, like, I don't get it. They don't have to get it. If you're stepping into obedience of something that God's called you to do, it doesn't make logical sense. It makes God sense. It's, well, it's faith. It's, I'm going to obey And I know this is going to require a lot of me But I'm going to step out Be obedient Go right through the Old Testament stories Abraham Go to a place Are you kidding me? You're going to take me? You're going to have a son? Really? I mean Joshua March around seven times What? Can't we just Take out the city like normal people? I want you to march around it yeah march around seven times something's going to happen what about the first time God I only want to look dumb once You know, <laughs> my way or your way Ah, tomato tomato let's go <laughs> no 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 there is my way <laughs> I, I wish I could do it my way because if I could do it my way I could save both A how I look in front of other people and B <laughs> it's not as hard but you know what God is always inviting you to look a little bit mm, like you trust him and not yourself. And so when you practically apply obedience, you can bank on the fact, it's not always gonna look like a straight line that makes logical sense. That's what we want. Give me the give me, I wanna, give me Google Maps, I'm gonna be there as shortly and quickly as possible. I want a straight line, I wanna be there a short amount of time. And that is not at all the way that God works. It is never, whoosh, it all is almost always like, I want you to trust me. I'm not gonna give you Google maps. I'm giving you an old school compass. It's like, you're only gonna know a direction. Ah, you're only gonna be able to take steps in the direction that I've called you. And we say, but God, I wanna plan. I want to know if i go here and i go there and then i go this way and then i go that i want to know i get my education right and i get my marriage right and then man then i get saving for retirement right and then and then i get the house right and then and i want and i want my plan because i didn't offer you the plan i offered you a man (laughs) his name's jesus it's obedience you get me yeah but i want you to give me the better life where i get the american dream on steroids no that's not christianity what's christianity I follow you and I don't know exactly where this is taking me. I don't know if I go through the greatest enjoyable days and it takes me to the American dream or if it takes me to a mud hut in Mexico. I don't know if I get applause before men and I get a position in Washington, D.C. or if I live on the outskirts of town and nobody knows me. I don't know what it, I don't know, but I know this. I'll obey. And you have called me and you sustain me and I'm gonna activate obedience no matter what, because you know what, you're just worth obeying no matter what I get out of it, because what I get is you. And if I get you, all else is rubbish. All else is nothing this land, this, this it's, I get a person. And so God, I'll obey, I'll be obedient, no matter what. If you would, I wanna just close in prayer today. Here's my prayer for you, and for me, is that we would be obedient to what we know. We know a lot, and a lot of times we want more books, more messages, more songs, more blogs, My prayer is that we would just activate what's inside of us. It's already in your heart. It's already in your mind. And I believe there's some people here today that God's called you, he's told you to do something. And today you're gonna say, I'll obey. Like today, like right now, like activate, like not God, I'm gonna push that off in one day, I'll do it. But more like, no, today, God, I will obey, quick obedience. I'll be obedient. I don't want to just say things and not live them. No, God, I wanna be quick to obey. I don't wanna walk away sad, I wanna be quick to obey. There's probably many of you here today that have been following Jesus for a long time. But it's quite possible that some of you today, you've never decided to obey God. Never decided to be a follower of Jesus. I would just invite everybody, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to invite those of you that might want to say, "I want to follow Jesus today." I want to invite you to make that choice, to submit your life to God, choose to follow Him. So, if that's you, just would you just repeat this prayer after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. give you my life, I wanna follow you. I don't wanna live for me, so I give you my life today. I choose not my will, but yours be done. I wanna live with you forever. Forgive me of my sin, come be in me. I make a decision to follow you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I wanna encourage you just, I wanna know that, I'm gonna shoot you an email, I wanna help you, I wanna give you a gift, connect with you, help you connect in small groups that will start in January. i like all of the rest of us, church, could we just stand and respond to the Lord for just a moment? love you I'm so grateful for what God is doing tell you what just place your hands on your heart let's just let's just commit our lives again as the Saints father we want to be just like little children that obey this week we want to obey today we want to obey don't wanna just fill our minds with knowledge. God, we wanna be obedient to what we know. We wanna activate it. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that from this house, from this house, I ask that there would be people across the globe that come to know Jesus because this church sacrificially gave. God, that from this house, there would be people that in our city, sad, broken, hard, suddenly given, joy, life. Help us to love the poor as a result of following you. God, we pray that from this house, there'd be children that didn't have a home that now have a home. God, that from this house, Lord God, we'd be people that constantly talk about you, smile in our face, we'd be obedient even in hearing your voice throughout the week, saying things, telling people about you, inviting people to church, taking a risk and activating. God, let us be obedient to even the whispers. Let's be obedient to your word. God, may it not be a theory or an idea. God, let it be true. We want to be obedient Christ followers. Oh, we love you. We love loving you. Give you our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna go ahead and just give. If this is your first time or maybe you're just kind of kicking the tires, you don't need to give yet. This is for people that are committed to being a part of Radiant Church. As we worship, not only through giving, but in song, can can we have this, really be a response moment. where We just look to the Lord and say, all in, 100% obedience. Take all of me, God. Let's sing the song together. Let's give to the Lord. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.